Well, as we approach the 2024 election, I'm devoting a series of episodes to the Glenn Beck program podcast. They're conversations with presidential candidates. My job, so you know, is not to help or hurt any candidate. There is no agenda except to ask fair questions that are important to the American people. We need candidates to be crystal clear about who they are and what they stand for. I've been watching the debates. I get very little out of that. These episodes will provide essential conversations you definitely will not hear on a debate stage. Now, today's guest is committed, and he's committed an unforgivable sin to the far left, at least. He's a committed American, even though he's black, and he's a Republican. He is the Senate's only black Republican. He's been called vile, unrepeatable things, and of course, all of these names come from liberals. Turns out the same people who spend their time ranting about systemic racism and the evils of whiteness also happen to be incredibly racist themselves. He has a, uh, an inspirational and incredible spirit of optimism. He says that it's his grandfather who picked cotton and never learned how to read. Got to see his family go from cotton to Congress. His grandfather used to tell him, you can be bitter or you can be better, but you can't be both. He's a huge advocate for people to, quote, be able to agree without disagree and without being disagreeable. Um, today, we're going to sit down and listen to the senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott. It is never fun to think about the unthinkable, but somebody has to do it. And we as people, citizens, parents, we need to think about it. If disaster strikes, somebody's got to make sure that you and your family have everything you need. And at the top of that list is food and water. And it's always better to have it and not need it rather than need it and not have it. Fortunately, you know the place to go. It's My Patriot Supply, the nation's leader in high quality emergency food. I keep it on hand in case things go south and you should too. Head on over to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare today with emergency food that'll stay fresh for up to 25 years. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious food kits offering over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. And don't forget about the water filtration and purification products that are perfect for your bug out bag or your camping pack. Because one thing is sure, we need to stock up before a panic would set in. Order by three o'clock in the afternoon and your items ship on the same day. It's fast, it's reliable, and it's good food. MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what's coming with MyPatriotSupply.com. Senator, good to see you. Glenn, thanks for having me. You bet. Yeah, you look sharp. Yeah, thank you. So do you. Thank you. Uh, I'm not wearing a red power tie. But, well, you uh, know. Can I ask you uh, just a frank question? Frank question. I've been watching the debates. Yes. What the hell was that last debate? Yes. It was, I mean, did you get anything out of it? Well, so I, didn't, I got a little <laughs> more out of the second one than I got out of the first one. The yeah. first one was an absolute food fight. The second one was better, but not much better. The truth is, we're not learning anything about what separates the candidates and Correct. why one of us should become the nominee of the Great Opportunity Party. And frankly, that's 
disappointing. I'd, I'd love to spend, and thankfully we will spend some time on not only the underlying issues with the 60 second sound bite, yeah. but what is the philosophy that undergirds that 60 second Correct. sound bite? That's right. where the magic is made. The magic is actually not magic. It's typically hard work, pressed down, shaken together, and then it runs over the boundaries, according to Luke 6.38, and then you see the benefits of that hard work over time. If we had that opportunity to see the summation of a 60-second answer because of the understanding of the underlying principle, mm-hmm. then we'd be cooking with oil. Yeah. Uh, by the way, grand opera, no. Great opportunity party. Did yes. you make that up? I didn't make it up. I'm sure I got it from someone. But at the end of the day. I've never heard that. It's it's the most important transition that's happening before our very eyes. So one thing about the grand old party is that it does not, the, the roof is not wide and large enough for the great opportunity party to emerge. We have to have the great opportunity party. The great opportunity party is a party driven by principles. Its focus is not on populism. It's on principles because those principles have undergirded human flourishing for all of human history and they come from the gospel and so when you understand those basic principles so of, let's go through them because sure, i think yeah. most people don't know what those principles are yeah. that's why we're in the trouble yeah. so what are the principles well one of those principles for me it starts with it, it, it's second corinthians 10 4 or 5 that says that take these thoughts captive that exalts itself against the, the lord basically is what it says paraphrasing paraphrasing and what that basically means is there's something called absolute truth It is a foundational principle on which this country was born. The idea of America is that there is an absolute truth. And absent of absolute truth, you cannot have an objective standard because everything is relative. When everything is relative, you get these people in 2023 who say, oh, my truth and your truth. There is no truth in my truth and your truth. There are experiences, but there there isn't a truth. The truth has to be absolute. It has to apply consistently consistently throughout all of the universe. And without that simple gospel truth, you cannot have an objective standard. So you can say, my truth is America is a great place. And somebody else can say, my, my truth is that America is an oppressed state. But what's the principal truth exactly. behind it? And, the, and those are your experience leads you to the conclusion Correct. that America And is. those experiences can absolutely be real. Well, this is where I'm going to love this part of the conversation. I hope we continue this way. Our emotions are real. They're just not real accurate. Hmm. One of the foundations of this truth known as America is that we are the greatest nation on God's green earth because we sought to do what no other country's ever done, which is to be born through a declaration of independence that, said, a declaration of independence that says that we have things that don't come from each other. Because there's a higher power that gave us certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness is in in many ways embedded in this notion of the rule of law, because without the rule of law, the strong take from the weak, period. America's unique that we believe something far greater, far more powerful than the strong takes from the weak. That there are boundaries, there are legal limits. That is unusual. That says that the weak has a right to life, born or unborn. It says that the, 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 the kid who's living today in rural Iowa understands that there is a playing field called America that if you just, mayor said, the mayor of Dallas, the new convert to the Republican Party, said it today. 
If you play by the rules, understand the maze, and respect law, law enforcement, your chances of succeeding in America, pretty darn good. That works in rural Iowa or any city Chicago if you have absolute truth and objective standards. People in these big say, cities, you don't have them anymore. So, so people would say that uh, I don't have that because I don't have the education. I don't have the family. I don't have the opportunities. I didn't either. I'm here to celebrate the goodness of America, not because I was born with a silver spoon. Mine was plastic. And I grew up with a father in a household who, who was there to teach me uh, all the things that you hope that your father would teach you. I, I missed that part of growing up. I did have a strong, powerful mother who believed that prayer was the key, that faith would unlock the door, and a mentor who came along who co really complimented my grandfather's early teachings that, you know what? Getting bitter is a choice. Being better is also a choice. You can only choose one route. I chose the route of being better because there was someone there that helped me understand that the harder I worked, the luckier I got. John Moniz, a Chick-fil-A operator, Citadel graduate, go to Bulldogs in South Carolina. <laughs> One of the lessons that John Moniz taught me when I was 15 years old, and you, you gotta remember, Glenn, I am the opposite of the privileged person growing up. I now know we're all privileged. If you're living in America. Oh yeah. I, I have to tell you, you are you you are amongst the most privileged people on the planet. Yeah, it, it even I, I'm sorry, even, no matter where you're living, no, no doubt, you're privileged. But this particular time is the reason why we're having so much strife. I think is because we're absolutely ungrateful. We don't recognize how great our life is, and we're looking for something to bitch about. Well, you're not wrong. I think you're right. Here's, what I, here's, what I, here's how I would take what you just said and, and say it in Timisms. Mm. One of the things I'd say is that we are like a group of people, not Americans, but those who believe that victimhood mm -hmm. is the choice of drugs of today. They're like geese lost in a rainstorm. They, they have a, a compass, they have an internal guiding system that tells them which way to go. And, and the circumstances around them have short-circuited what is innate within them. Americans, we are exceptional because our DNA is different. We've, we've embedded within the construct of who we are is this true north. We, we have a compass that works, but when you start looking around for feedback as opposed to looking up for direction, you find yourself like a goose lost in a rainstorm and you start thinking that what you see around you is more important than what you have in you. Our founding fathers should be celebrated as geniuses, not canceled. And here's why. The, the, the resources were not the brilliance of America. It was this notion that you have the right to be free to pursue your definition of the American dream, embedded in the DNA of every human, blessed by God to be an American. We not only have that in our DNA, we have the opportunity for full expression of that passion to be free. But if you pervert it, you actually see the results in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. D.C. last night with a carjacking of a Congress member to Los Angeles, Philadelphia, 50 arrested after a melee uh, uh, of night. Listen, the facts are simple. 
truth works, everything else is a con. What's the role of government? Limited. Uh, our founding fathers got that right, too. I mean, we have certainly three different forms of government that we could talk about. Article 1, Section 8 is a really good place for us to start on the federal level, but then we also have the state and the local government. Uh, and if you take local, you can break that out down into two specific areas, which are typically the county level and then just the city or municipal level. The truth of the matter is that the, the, the less intrusive the government, the better off the people seem to be. The people who trust the government closest to them more, therefore, why not find ways to shift those resources and decisions back to the local levels. Classic example, I created Opportunity Zones as part of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And one of the things I decided in my Opportunity Zones, I, I basically took Jack Kemp's idea of enterprise zones, wanted more money for people living in, in poverty or in vulnerable economic situations. Check, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> Two, he wanted the government to provide more assistance. Well, been there, done that, got the t-shirt too. That didn't work out very well for me. Poverty in my neighborhoods were sky high. Unemployment for kids like me were over 30, was over 30%. I knew the government was not the answer. Jack really had a good idea, but that one part needed to be shifted. I shifted the focus to the private sector. $75 billion from the private sector, not a penny from the federal government, coming into the poorest communities, mm -hmm. designated by the governors, not by Washington on where those locations should be has led to an 8% increase in wages, a 20% increase in, in, in property values, less than 5% gentrification, and real opportunity for poor kids who are really smart, really bright, but don't have access to the same opportunities as wealthier kids. Why not just level the playing field and bring opportunities back to those communities? The government, when creating the right incentives and then taking a step out of the way, letting the free market miracle work. You know, the theory of the invisible hand. As it works, we get better results for the people who need it the most, and the people who have it get the incentive, capital gains reduction, to play where they would not play before because right. the risk was too high and the return was too low. If you can reduce the risk and increase the potential return, People take the calculated risk to do the right thing. Americans always do the right thing, sometimes after doing the wrong thing. I'm a huge fan of the concept that we should be buying products made here in America. And there's a lot, uh, there's a certain level of pride that comes from making things and knowing you're spending your money on things that are made here in America. And the money that you spend is gonna land in the pockets of hardworking fellow Americans, but it's hard. It's really hard. Just about everything you buy comes from someplace else on the globe, or at least has parts of it. All too often, it's China. That's one of, one of the reasons why I enjoy partnering with companies like Grip6. With Grip6, you're getting true American experience products you can count on. And they have all kinds of different products. For instance, their socks, really great socks. When you're supporting American ranchers, it's because you're buying Grip6 socks. They raise specially bred sheep that produce the modern world wool. Then they shave it. They give it to another manufacturer who will wash it, process it, and weave it into the socks that keep your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. These American business owners have accepted the risk that comes along with only using all American-made products and American labor. Check out Grip6 today. Grip6 dot com slash back.
so so help me out on capitalism because if i'm listening to you and i'm 24 years old i've only seen capitalism Demonized. give it to the yeah the government giving it to the banks the banks screwing my mom and dad because yeah. you know they lost their house in 08 that's all i know yes so why would i want to why would i want to give any money or help have the private industry come in and do anything well you know that's a great question and a fair question this thing about that 24 year old whose parents lost their house in 2008 i'm going to compare that to the seven year old who had no house to lose being me uh living in poverty in an inner city community Government's always around, trying to provide more resources, more help. And what was the result of that? The, the stagnation. Very static. The people in my communities where I grew up, most often, into generational poverty. Why? The result? Well, the Great Society is a big part of that. Part of the Great Society was that we were going to bring checks into households if the male, the father, would leave those households. The devastation particularly in black communities, can be measured in unemployment, measured in crime. crime, measured in fatherlessness. And from the good book, Hope Deferred Makes the Heart Sick, we can now look generations later, decades later, 60 years later, and see that the devastation of the first inklings of socialism brought by the government into the poorest communities, that devastation is wreaking havoc all over the country in these big blue cities. That is avoidable for this 24-year-old. I, I, I've brought this up to a couple of people, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. How did uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was absolutely racist to the day he died, horrible racist, the guy who stopped the civil rights program in the Senate in 1959, all of a sudden becomes the, the architect of the great society, I am convinced that the people that he worked with that produced that did not necessarily have African-Americans' best interest in mind. I think it was a poison pill. Yeah. African-Americans had a higher familiar or marriage yes. rate than than white americans absolutely did. going into the that's one of the things i said that you know the six the, the founder of 1619 project has been uh just trying to destroy me on on the on the web uh, congressman bowman called me sambo because of my positive comments the other night oh my gosh i mean this is the kind of disgusting racism that i'm hearing and feeling from people who look like me it, it would devastate the average person i've just had so much of it over the last several years well, I wrote the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. I was one of the three authors of the legislation. They called, called me a prop. Well, I decided I wanted to, defund the, to, to stop the defunding of the police and start refunding the police. They called me a token. Uh, when I pushed back against Biden's agenda, they called me the N-word. The one thing I see from the radical left and frankly from the power brokers who sometimes look like me is that they are willing to use class and race to hold on to their power even at the expense of the American people. It is disgusting what we're seeing there. But I will say that what, 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 what we've learned over time is that the, the radical left says to people like me, sit down, shut up, but don't forget to vote, and we mean blue. The price is too high. And you think about LBJ, LBJ or Planned Parenthood, founded 
mm-hmm. for the termination, mm-hmm. really the extermination, the extermination from her perspective of black people. And, and, and to see where they set up their shops, to see what they're selling. They're not in my neighborhood. It's devastating. And that's why, that's why I feel like it is my responsibility as a kid who grew up in poverty, as a kid who only had a mother in the household, as a kid who had a mother who didn't, only had a, barely had a high school education, who worked 16 hours as a nurse's aide, changing bedpans and rolling patients. As a kid whose grandparents endured racism from the 1920s in the Jim Crow South, to pretend that that family history didn't exist would be a lie from the pit of hell. To pretend that it is exactly that way now would also be a lie from the pit of hell. So my responsibility is to take the seriousness of who we are as Americans, the seriousness of the issues that we face, and take a look back and give people a snapshot of what is possible in this great nation coming from tough neighborhoods where my friends were shot, buried, or locked up. When you understand that this country works for all of us in the year 2023, we should not be playing games with people's emotions. We should not be selling socialism and a radical progressive movement that has been proven wrong, not not just in Cuba or today in Venezuela, but in the poorest blue cities in our nation. We see the results of socialism and it's devastated poor people. How come, I mean, I keep feeling this way about all people uh, with Joe Biden. How bad does it have to get before you wake up? And I would say that in... Detroit in 1960 was the greatest city in the world. It was the iconic city. This is how you do it. Right. Totally agree. How much, how many times do you have to vote that way before you go, this is not working out well? Listen, my my answer is stop. Stop. (laughs) Don't do it again. The, The price is too high for your kids. The price is too high for the people that you love the most. The price is too high. And there is no ROI coming your way. We cannot sell baby Americans the path of socialism. When they're born, they owe basically 90-something, I say 100, right around $100,000 per American born in this country owed to the government. We can do better. Nobody thinks that we're going to have to pay that off. Well, that's it. That's please it. tell me, please tell me why this debt has got to be solved, why we have to stop yeah. spending. But say it to the average person who's never felt the effects of this debt. Well, the short answer is we are a country that brings in $4.8 trillion. Under Joe Biden, he plans to spend $7 trillion, which is 40% overspending. That annual deficit, annual deficit is $2 trillion. When you see that as your future, you should ask yourself, do you ever have to pay it back and do you have to service the debt? The answer to both is yes. So the question, immediate question then, is if I have to pay the debt back, 
What is that credit card payment today? The credit card payment today is an interest-only payment that does not include the last 11 rate increases. Oh my. The interest only is 572% or over 10% of all of the revenues that we have coming in today. We are paying out on interest only. Therefore, the $33 trillion worth of debt keeps going up without being touched. Second thing you should ask me is, well, what does that look like in five years or in 10 years on interest only? Well, if you increase the interest rates to reflect the 11 rate increases we've had. So this is already, it's just coming. We haven't rolled over all those pieces of debt. So it's already here. What is it? be closer between 1.2 and 1.5 trillion dollars in a nation that only brings in 4.8 trillion said in a way that we understand one out of every three dollars would go to debt service interest only not to our military which is about 850 billion dollars not from medicare which is about 750 billion dollars not to social security which is 1.1 trillion dollars not to veteran benefits which is around 400 billion dollars or medicaid which is somewhere around 300 billion dollars or obamacare no one knows what that costs not to any of those things not not to the annual expenditures, which we know, we, we think, think is as far as the annual mm-hmm. appropriations, about $1.7 trillion. N- none of that. Just for our debt. Interest. One out of every $3. That's why you run for president, to restore sanity to a country that afforded me an opportunity that I could not get anywhere on earth. But here. Back with the senator here in just a second. There is nothing worse than having odors in your home that just won't go away. I have teenagers. I have a teenage boy. You know what I'm saying? How do you get rid of that smell? Well, when you get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier, it doesn't cover up the teenage smells. It actually purifies the the, uh, the air. Um, Whether it's odor from cooking, cigarette smoke, litter boxes, trash cans, mildew, it doesn't matter. The thunderstorm will knock it out and it starts working in seconds to clear a room of smells and you don't ever have to replace a filter. Eden Pure has sold over 350,000 thunderstorm units so far. They have thousands of five star reviews online. So, you know, you get the real deal. Best of all, this is this is the time right now that they're running an amazing special right now. You can save $200 on three thunderstorms for the whole home protection. That's three units for under $200. Just go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. Enter the discount code Glenn. That's important part. Discount code Glenn, EdenPureDeals.com. You don't seem to have either party. Um, You know, uh, we're getting to the place to where I think uh, Charles Sumner was when he spoke on the floor of the Senate in the 1850s and said, neither of you, neither of you parties are serious about anything. Yeah. You run and you say this and then you don't do it. And that was the beginning of the Republican Party, which was all about 
stopping slavery. Yes. And it was a group of people who actually believed it. Yes. Believed it. They weren't running for just an office and power. They wanted to do the right this. Thing. Yes. They wanted to stop slavery. Set people free. Right. So I keep waiting for that moment because I look at the GOP, honestly, I'm done. I'm done. Never get write a check to the GOP ever again. Just look at what they've done with the budget. Yeah. Congress has the purse strings. That's constitutional. Yes. We have had both parties in power. It started in 2008. If Congress doesn't take their power back and say, no, you're not using that money that way. We have the purse strings. The entire balance of the Constitution and the separation of powers is gone. It, it, it rests upon getting that power structure back the way that so it's So how are you going to do that? Well, I how? Think you have to do this. For, frankly, it takes a chief, a chief executive of the United States, also known as a president or commander in chief, that says that here are the limits. It's not a phone and a pen. Here's the Constitution. I'm going to abide by it. I'm going to use the power of my veto. I'm going to use the power of my bully pulpit. But I'm not going to pass laws from my desk. That is a problem that we've been facing for, frankly, multiple presidencies. Yes. And that is a problem that can be fixed by a president who, who says, there is a greater good. There is a greater opportunity for me to point the rudder of our ship in the direction we want the nation to sail. So you're saying that you would not be frivolous and write the kind of executive orders that have been written and, and, and you yes i'm saying that but it goes a step further we also have to have we also have to have a president who reigns in the bureaucracy that creates rule makings and they decide that those rule makings are laws the sec is a classic example i'm not i'm no fan of uh, of, of chair gensler and probably anybody who's been on the before banking committee knows that including chair gensler at the sec he, he's making decisions about environmental policy mm -hmm. as the head of the securities and exchange commission mm -hmm. he's making decisions about esg dei and the future of this country from sitting at his desk he wants to get everybody's identifiable information who makes a transaction in the stock market, he wants to gather to one location so that it's easier for people to cyber attack us, I guess. I, I, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but there he is there. But it's that kind of rogue behavior that if you appoint the right people who want to actually be textualists like we want on the Supreme Court, you want people who are going to follow the law in every single cabinet position. Having that would transform this nation and it would restrain the bureaucracy who believes all you have to do is outlive outlast yeah. a member of Congress, and they're not wrong. So getting that right is a job of a president who has a vision for what this nation should be based okay. on what we have been. So that's great, and I agree with you. Everything you just said. Donald Trump came in. Yes. And he came in kind of a lone cowboy, not popular with everybody. Um, you'll know, I mean, you've been a constitutionalist for a long time. Um, you're an extremist, according <laughs> to a lot of the people in the Republican Party. I agree. I, you're I an extremist. Yes. Um, no, you're a constitutionalist. I, I'm not an extremist. Yes. You're right. Exactly. Yes. Um, but that's the way they perceive you. Donald Trump took shots from the inside and the outside, and they are currently trying to show everyone this is what happens to you if you dare cross us. Yes. 
So how are well, you going to do it? Yeah. Well, listen, I've been taking shots, as I said, from from the work that I've done on the tax code to working on, on behalf of police reform to, to working on behalf of pushing back on the the cancer that grows through this Biden administration. You just have to be willing to take the shots and, frankly, push back. I, I, I think we said this before we came on air, but the congressman, I think it's Conway from the guy who pulled the alarm in mm-hmm. the House just the other day, mm-hmm. he referred to some of my comments Hold that me. I made during the debate and said that I was the, being Sambo, which is about radical, racist He's thoughts. the guy who called you Sambo? Yes. Oh, my God. So disgusting. He reminds me of what we would think of as a plantation owner using the whip to suppress the thoughts of people that might stand up and Mm -hmm. say that's wrong. In modern America, in 2023, those same plantation owners use their words to suppress anyone who looks like me from standing up and speaking conservative truths. This is the part of the battle. When you stand up to that, standing up to what the even our side, the, the, the my side, the radical, the, the radicals in Congress, which would not, of course, be the conservatives, right? Maybe the populists. That is a challenge worth having. It's a fight worth having for the soul of this nation. Our soul is good. I think it was Alexis. De Tocqueville in the 1830s, French diplomat who came to America looking for the source of our greatness. It was our goodness was the conclusion. Yeah. He said it found it, it rang loudly from the pulpits all across America. Yes. America is great because she's mm-hmm. good. Yes. However, uh, let's stop there for just a second. Yeah. I'm looking for the preachers that are ringing the bell from the pulpit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the pre I'm looking for the black peer preachers who will stand up to their own congregation and say, I'm looking to at my own church to do the same. You cannot be a member of good standing. You cannot be and call yourself a Christian if you are associating yourself with people who want to kill children. We could even argue about yes. when that life begins. But this celebration of death is immoral absolutely agree with you where are they Listen, I, I will tell you that they're harder to find in any pulpit in america frankly black or white yeah and that's part of the challenge that we have we have to get back to fundamental truths creating the culture that protects and preserves life is incredibly important as a guy who has a hundred percent voting record as a conservative pro-life conservative and a hundred percent pro-life conservative as President of the United States, I, I just I, want to shake your hand like, for that. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, 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 I'm on the campaign I trail. I, I speak in churches across this country. I've had the privilege of sharing the good news of the gospel. But here, here's why I think this issue is so important. I've taken two young ladies when I was in private business for myself who worked for me, who were both thinking about having an abortion. I took them to the local crisis pregnancy center because I knew they needed advice that they couldn't get from anywhere but people who have been where they are. Yeah. One decided to have an abortion, the other one chose life. And the one that had an abortion, I think she was about 22, 23 years at the time, she started writing poetry about the worst decision she had ever made in her life. Mm. I don't come at this purely from a religious standpoint. Sure. I watched two young ladies grapple with the issue. I I watched them enter into the doors. One made a decision for life. The other one says it was the worst mistake she's ever made. 
I will say this. Having the opportunity to win the hearts and minds of the American people on such an important issue is our responsibility. It is. And when you have the second most powerful woman in all of the government, Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, walk into a banking hearing to talk about labor force participation rates, and she says that poor black women will have a better labor force participation rate if they have an abortion. Oh, my gosh. As a kid who was raised in poverty by a single black woman, I ran to the, down to the banking committee and I asked her, I knew I misheard her. And she repeated it. When you have some of the most powerful voices in our country suggesting that abortion isn't a, even a decision you grapple with, but it's a decision that helps your labor force participation, with tears welling in my eyes and anger in my voice, I, I thank God Almighty that my mother chose life. And how dare you come down here and tell vulnerable women of any color that the alternative for better economic outcome? I have to tell you, it is stunning. It is, it's not only stunning. It is the, one of the most racist things I can imagine, because if that's the way you think of the labor force, what about the white women? Right. What about white women? Absolutely. All of them. Yeah. That's my whole point. It, it, this, is, this is something, and what happens, and this goes back to the conversation of eugenics and, and Planned Parenthood, is that w wherever you see powerful people willing to take advantage of the vulnerable, just because they don't look like you or live where you live, don't think it stays there. Three out of four African-American kids are growing up in poverty and in a single-parent household. Now, 40% of white kids growing up mm -hmm. in a similar fashion, working-class white folks. Why is that the case? Because anytime you introduce socialism somewhere, it's going to spread. Yeah. Our country needs a firewall that stops this damage from spreading, and then we reduce the damage. You know, it seems uh, like there is always a constant battle running between cyber criminals and the United States government. Who can steal the most from people? Well, I think we're going to learn in the end, it is definitely, yeah, the U.S. government. Take home, uh, um, home title theft. Home title theft uh, is the fastest growing crime in America right now. And there's a good reason for it. It is simple to do. Uh, home title theft, you also don't catch the people usually because you don't realize it until it's too late. You know, you, you uh, go to get a loan at the bank and you, you no longer have your house or you're paying your mortgage and then somebody else comes and tries to kick you out. The sheriff is there because you don't have the deed. To your home you've been making payments you thought everything was fine it wasn't somebody else took it took your deed and then mortgaged everything against that so what do you do home title lock they put a like a razor wire fence around your home's title the instant they detect any activity or tampering they help shut it down fast 
So first things first, you need to verify you're not already a victim of home title theft. You can find out for free with sign up when you use the promo code Beck at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Beck. Okay, well, I've, got a, I've got a ton of questions I'm here sorry. that I have to, no, 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 that I have to ask, and I, I know we're limited on time. So I, I just want to go through some standard questions we ask all of okay. the, okay? Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. Are you for or against the ongoing aid to Ukraine? Well, I am for us understanding what is America's national vital interest in Ukraine. Degrading the Russian military is the answer. Should we continue to provide assistance to Ukraine? Yes. At what level? Very debatable. Second question is, should we do it with accountability? Absolutely. Why? The axis of evil that started in 2014 under President Obama when he allowed for the incursion into Ukraine that took Crimea, mm-hmm. has metastasized. No no no. no, 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 You know this. If you don't, we'll spend some time okay. afterwards. Yeah. It, we didn't allow that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were part yeah. of overthrowing. Obama. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. But my point, though, is yeah. Obama years mm-hmm. devastated yes. Ukraine uh, 20 years after President Clinton got the Ukrainians with a yes. promise from America to be their, their, their firewall. Promises made, promises unkept. And then you saw the manifestation of that through the Obama years. The point for me is that the China-Russia connection started right. before 2016. Let's talk about China. Yes. Um, think they're going to go into Taiwan? I think they want to. I think they are reticent to do so because they're not militarily prepared as of yet. They they're, will be. They will be. I think they, their, their stats, I've been reading and watching and talking to my, my, best, my best friends from John Ratcliffe to mm-hmm. many others uh, on the topic. Their military capabilities, they hope to hit their apex at 2035. They've suggested that 27, 2027, 2028, they find themselves there. I think that's a premature number, but they're, that's one that they hope that we concede the point. I think making sure that Taiwan has the military capabilities, the missile defense systems. You saw recently that they came up with their own sub. They spent Mm -hmm. nearly a decade saying we can't rely on people who say yes to subs but never deliver them. We can't rely on on allies. We're going to do it ourselves. It's that kind of ingenuity Mm -hmm. and resourcefulness that you want to reward with the kind of training that you've seen, the joint training uh, exercises that you've seen. I hope that we continue to provide that kind of assistance to Taiwan. I haven't seen since we switched to, um, you know, police actions and and wars. I haven't seen a decisive victory uh, in a long time. One that counts. Um, And I think that's because I mean, I I think our foreign policy stinks on ice. I think the State Department is wrong almost every single time. Consistently. Our our presidents just follow the advice um, and. I don't want to go to war with Russia. I don't think anybody wants to go to war with Russia. Yeah, I think we've done a really good job of reducing the likelihood of that by the, by the degradation that we've seen in the Russian military. That, that's really good news. As of today, yes, they're doing a nationwide drill for nuclear weapons. Now, that may be posturing, yeah, of okay, course. Yeah. Tomorrow, the United States is doing a uh eab test for the first time i don't know in how many years 
um, sending nationwide, only done twice. I saw that. I mean, I don't, I, um, I think we are playing with matches in a gunpowder factory. One of the reasons why I respect Ronald Reagan's peace through strength doctrine is because it was so darn effective. Yes. Overwhelming force. It is the panacea to much that ails us from a military conflict perspective to the extent that we understand and, and re- reinvest in that single-minded approach of lethality and coming home safe, the less likely we are to have to use the greatest resource we have from a military standpoint and frankly purging our military of all the social experimentation that we've seen in the last mm-hmm. few years from the vaccine to gender issues to abortion questions uh, to ESG and DEI. We have to purge all of that out so that our men and women have one single-minded focus that they're really good at. And that would, I believe, help reduce the likelihood of threat, not increase the likelihood of threat. But you also have to look at the fact that uh, it's not only Russia, when, when Jim Mattis was on the Armed Services Committee, when Jim Mattis, the uh, general, great general, uh, decided that we needed to go from a counterterrorism strategy to a near peer com- competition, it was because of the threats that he saw rising in China. Uh, listen, they have more warships than we have today, but their warships are not at the same quality as ours. Yeah. They have a couple hundred, which is a significant nuclear arsenal from what I've been, uh, been listening to and reading and watching. They, they want to get to 1,500 and by the year 2020, 32, 32, 33. So we, we know that the pressure, and then if you look at the, the, the Russia, Russian military and nuclear arsenal, look at Iran's objectives from a nuclear perspective, and you add in China's growing arsenal, you, you have to ask yourself, where is strength that reduces the likelihood of, of this from becoming one unit focused on us? And, and it, it ain't appeasement. It's, it's strength. And that's why when you see this administration talking to Saudi Arabia about a deal with Israel that may include nuclear, a commercial nuclear program, you guys are absolutely not. When you think about the JCPOA uh, under President Obama, absolutely not. We, we have to find a way to reduce the likelihood of nuclear uh, conflict. And one of the ways you do so is by shrinking its footprint outside of our country and making sure that we fortify ours within the walls of our country. So... Uh, maybe I'm on a different page than you are, and many of my friends are. We'll have conversations that I never dreamt that we would ever have before. And their conversation, I had one just yesterday that said, can, can you tell me how this ends well for America? Can you show me just on the, just on the presidential race? Yes. Either side wins. The other side's going to say they didn't didn't right. trust it. Um, if the if you know you would win the election, they would say it was stolen or whatever. Um, we are in so much trouble right now. The whole thing is just a tinderbox. Okay. Yeah. If the Democrats win, Joe Biden would win. They're our side is going to say, how is that even possible? And it only takes a couple of people. We also have war. We have 
a Federal Reserve that is completely out of control. Our budget is completely out of control. Our Congress is not working. No one's talking to each other. We have the outside, China, Russia. They want us to collapse. I mean, we'd be on the ground if this were Russia or China because we did it before in Russia. We'd be on the ground. How, How does this you know, you're talking about in 2035. I think there's a lot of people that go, how about 2025? How do we make it to 2025? Yeah. I, I think leadership matters, number one. The fact that it matters is a way for us to rally the, the, this country around, frankly, a revival in conviction that we can believe in each other. The greatest threat to our country does not come from China, doesn't come from Russia, doesn't come from Iran, doesn't from come in. from BRICS. It really comes from internal. So then, and here, here's how we struggle to solve the problem. One of the things I've been successful at doing uh, in this campaign and, and campaigns in the past is finding a way to use common sense conservatism to rally people who don't vote for me to the same cause. I'll give you two examples, one on the campaign trail and one in, in, in the United States Senate. On the campaign trail, I've been running ads in, in Iowa that basically says four different things. Number one, if you're able-bodied in America, you work. Number two, you take out a loan, you pay it back. Number three, if you commit a violent crime, you go to jail. And number four, God made you a man, you play sports against men. 95% of Republicans say, heck yes. 75% of Democrats say, I agree. 65%, I think it is, of African Americans agree with all four points. 58% of millennials agree with all the points. We have to give this nation a vision big enough to compel us to action. And one of the ways that we do that, I believe, is to look at the formation of this nation and say that the idea of America and the American dream is alive, it is well. And let me give you a grand vision of your ability to achieve the American dream, your version of it, but you can achieve it. And let me give you some points to think through about what those common core principles are that builds the greatest society we've ever known. Let me see. I've, we only got a couple of more minutes. Um, DOJ. The weaponization yeah. of Lady Justice. Do you, who should have a blindfold on. I, I have never agreed. When I was small, I remember Nixon being impeached. And then they pardoned him right away. And I thought that was wrong. Now, Mike Lee and I have talked about it mm-hmm. uh, before Trump was impeached. And we were talking about Clinton. And I said, I think she belongs in jail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, with a trial and, you know, an actual, not a kangaroo court, actual facts. Yes. And if she's found guilty, she should go to trial. And everybody should be at that standard. He said, Glenn, that's what banana republics do. And I said, mm-hmm. but there's a point to where it gets so bad. Yeah. People are now, they're trying to put Donald Trump in. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually hearing people on the left say, if he gets in, he'll put people in jail. Well, um, I want to know from you. Yes. Not from vengeance, but if people at the highest levels, if they were lying, obstructing, breaking the constitution any of those things yes will you put them in jail will you use your bully pulpit to say they need to be tried absolutely here's what we need we need we as a kid who grew up 
in the 1960s and 70s, the one thing I yearned for was fairness. Yes. I wanted justice for all. Mm -hmm. I wanted lady justice to wear a blindfold and make decisions. To me, as we first started this conversation off of the concept of absolute truth, and then I talked about the objective standard, the objective standard is how you apply fairly the laws of the land equally to everybody in the country. If you depart from that, you put a big question mark. Yeah, on everything. On everything. And this Department of Justice under Merrick Garland has been weaponized to hunt Republicans including the former president, but it doesn't stop there. This Department of Justice referred to parents attending school board meetings as domestic terrorists. They show up at a pro-life homes, pro-life activist home with a SWAT team. At the exact same time, Burisma sits there in file 13 for four years. Thankfully, Congressman Comer winning back the majority. Elections have consequences, mm-hmm. and they do matter. And general, as I call him, but his name is Senator Chuck Grassley, mm-hmm. working together to bring more and more and more of this information to the surface so that we can restore confidence. I think the last poll I saw said that 17% of Republicans had confidence in our Department of Justice. Everything's gone. We've the trust it. in all of it. And all that's the institutions. The, all the institutions. And this is what China's selling, by the way. China is selling that the Western decline is irreversible. And they point to the internal conflict as example number one. Okay. I've got 90 seconds. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to this? 10? Restoring, oh, no, to okay. the, restoring fossil fuels. Restoring fossil fuels. Ten. Okay. Um, stopping all this EV garbage of... Ten. Okay. Um, s- making sure no time anybody can vaccine mandate. Ten. Um, uh, the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. Yeah. Is it going to... Are you against it or for it? I need more information about it. Certainly against the whole notion that we're eliminating the dollar. So I'm probably 9.8 okay. there with need point zero two for learning more about the... More of the consequences. Border. 11. Closing the border, reinstating the remaining policy, remaining Mexico policy, the asylum policy that requires you to seek asylum contiguous with the country that's near yours, finishing the wall for $10 billion and not selling off the construction material like this president and using military grade technology to stop human trafficking and to stop fentanyl from killing another 70,000 Americans in 12 months. 11. Last question. Donald Trump just called for the end of debates. He just said there shouldn't yeah. be any more debates. Yes. Okay. Um, how do you see any of you guys breaking through? And is it important to stay, even though at this time it looks clear he's the front runner and there's nothing to change on that? 
Yeah, the, the short answer is absolutely, positively, unequivocally, it, not, it matters to stay the course and keep telling the story of the goodness of America. We need someone with the power of persuasion. We've lost three national elections in a row, and one of those three elections that we lost was January the 5th. Everyone knows January the 6th, mm-hmm. but January the 5th, 2021, losing one out of the two Georgia Senate seats cost the American people $4 trillion in unnecessary spending. That devastation can be reversed by having a red wave winning back the Senate, expanding the majority in the House. That will take me at the top of the ticket. By doing so, we not only restore hope and create opportunities, we restore faith in America. We are the city on the hill. We've got to tell people, shout it from the rooftops. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Glenn. Yes, sir. Thank you. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people. Thank you.